I mean, I didn't know if it was going to last this long, but it was just like, I, I posted that day and I'm like, what if I just post it every single day and like see what happens? And so I, I, I didn't have like an end date in mind and I, I don't right now even, but it was just like, let's, let's see what happens. Cause I knew it was a, you know, social media and growing a brand. It's a consistency plus a value game. So providing as much value as possible, as possible, as consistently as possible. So trying to make one valuable piece of content every single day. And at that time I had like 3000 Instagram followers and now I've got like 48,000. So it's like, it's nuts. Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where we bring you inside the minds of elite athletes, business owners, specialists, and other creatives. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these conversations, you'll hear practical advice and effective strategies for optimizing not only your performance, but also your habits and routines as well. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. What's going on, guys? So today, I have on Jeremy Miller yet again. He is a content creator, ultra runner, running coach, and all-around mensch. He was my first guest on the uh, the podcast uh, a long time ago, I feel like, and, and a lot's changed, so I wanted to have him on again and, uh, yeah, catch up on what he's up to and uh, all that's coming in the uh, next few weeks and months. What's going on, man? What's going on, dude? Yeah, that was the inaugural rock podcast. I remember we recorded, like, almost an entire podcast and had to restart. Yeah, well, we that, that's what I always tell people is, like, um, I remember the first few guests I had on, you got me checking right now just because I'm, like, scared. Um I remember, yeah, the first podcast we have for people who don't know, like we filmed like 30, 40 minutes, and then I realized my mic, although it was plugged in, the software wasn't pulling from it, and I was like, oh, God. And I didn't know you like that well at the time, too. I was like, oh, do you mind like if we just like redo it? And you're like, yeah. So it uh, it was a good like first, you know, podcast story to have. But um, We have yeah, to know each other very well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so a lot's changed since then. Um. You have left BPN and, uh, you know, kind of gone all in as a content creator and entrepreneur. So, uh, yes, take us off there. Like what, you know, you don't have to get in crazy detail, but, you know, what led you to leave BPN and, and where was your mind at as far as like what the next steps were going to be in like your life and, and uh, business future? You know, a lot of it came down to like, I just realized that I was investing a lot of time and energy into something else that that mm-hmm. wasn't my thing um and I've, i you know i kind of just came to a point where like i can invest the same time and energy into myself and obviously you get higher returns it's more fulfilling and so it was uh, you know not a tough decision or no sorry it was not an easy decision to leave yeah. um it was very difficult because like at one point that was like my dream job um mm-hmm. when i very first started and then again, it just got to the point where it's like, okay, what, where do I want to be in the next five, 10 years, um, yeah. is, you know, working for somebody else, building up their thing or, you know, trying to do that for myself. Um, and it's yeah. not that one is really right or wrong or, or no better or worse, but in my opinion, you know, for, for what I want to do, I just wanted to build up something for myself. Um, mm-hmm. so that was kind of what it came down to. Um, so that was like early August I ended up leaving, um, and yeah, so now since then just went like full hundred percent in on my own content, my own brand, um, started coaching people for running, started um, in OnlyFans. <laughs> it's the only fans, dude, whatever pays the bill, beat <laughs> picks. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, been doing that for the last like five, six, or I guess four or five months now. Yeah. Um, and I think since July 20th, I've posted every single day on my Instagram, TikTok, and, and YouTube. And was that a deliberate like goal or that just kind of happened to flow like that? I mean, I didn't know if it was going to last this long, but it was mm-hmm. just like, I, I posted that day and I'm like, what if I just posted every single day and like see what mm-hmm. happens? And so 
I, I, I didn't have like an end date in mind and I, I don't right now even, but it was just like, let's, let's see what happens. Cause I knew it was a, you know, social media and growing a brand. It's a consistency plus a value game. Mm-hmm. So providing as much value as possible, as possible, as consistently as possible. So trying to make one valuable piece of content every single day. And at that time I had like 3000 Instagram followers and now I've got like 48,000. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's nuts the growth um, from that. And <clears throat> I think a lot of it, again, it comes down to just like providing that consistent value. Yeah, it, it is a bit of like quality versus quantity. And I think you're like doing both, to be honest, if you're adding quality, backing it up with the quantity, um, it's typically it's hard to like do both. Do you feel like that daily consistency of posting every day has like aided with the algorithm of your post having great engagement and performing well? Or is that just kind of happened to be like, it's kind of like a, a probability game, right? Like you post more, you're going to have more that do well. Um, I th- honestly think more of the former because like I follow a lot of people who post every single day, yeah. but they're not providing a lot of value and their channels don't grow. Their videos don't get a lot of views. Um, it's not very relatable for whatever reason. And so that's like just one thing that I'm, I've always so conscious of is like, okay, I can post every day. Every, anybody can post every day, but mm-hmm. providing that value. Um, and again, I think a, a big part of it too is being relatable. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not like an elite runner. I'm not like lifting a ton mm-hmm. of weight or like doing anything like really extraordinary. I'm just kind of like an average guy more or less, but just yeah. showcasing my life and like how I can be consistent with fitness and, and nutrition and stuff. And I think that's what draws a lot of people. And is it just like, just kind of another guy doing it? Yeah. Well, I a hundred percent, I talked to uh, my friend Austin back in Virginia about this um, months ago was like the idea of like, you know, wh- why do, why are some of the biggest creators, not average athletes, but they're they're not like the elite athletes. I mean, some elite athletes, Olympians, whatever, have big social media followings for that exact reason, right? But a lot of the bigger influencers, they aren't, you know, like we'll reference just for a good point is like Nick Bear, right? He's not winning these ultras. He's not, you know, uh, winning, let's say, these like marathons and things like that. But like you mentioned for yourself, right, you're showing a showcase of like, all right, my goal is to run sub 20 or sub 120 on the half. You can follow along with me. You can see how I'm able to do this. I'm not winning, you know, the, let's say the half or I'm not, you know, placing, uh, you know, at the, at the Boston or something like that. But you can kind of follow along. Like you said, there is that like relatable factor um, to it all. And, I, you know, I wonder, you know, we talked about the quantity of content and posting every day. And I think that can be uh, a difficult thing for a lot of people to do just because it is just coming up with content ideas consistently. And one thing that I am curious about, especially with like your form of content, we talked about this a little bit before the show was, you know, there's a balance between trying to post unique, authentic content, and then also posting some things that are known and regurgitated. And and what I mean by that, for example, is, you know, there's a lot of information, let's say, on how to run a marathon or how to run faster. And it's not to say that your perspective isn't A, unique, and B, it's not to say that uh, you're not the first person to for someone to hear it from. For example, like it might be out there, but you might be the reason why someone hears it for the first time, right? But do you ever get to the point where, you know, how do you, how do you view that longevity, right? For example, like a big thing that you see that, you know, it's pretty interesting, but I wonder how do you view the longevity of like the what I eat to run 10 miles post, right? You know, like, do you see yourself doing that 
um, let's say months down the road or, or do you see and do you already have a plan for your content to kind of pivot in a way that, that continually adds value, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think where the longevity comes in is just staying genuine and like I don't ever have to like manufacture anything in my day-to-day life to make content it's like I'm already doing these things every day I'm just going to document it um rather than like I think Gary Vee talks about it of like documenting versus creating like Mm -hmm. yeah I'm a creator or whatever but really I'm just documenting the things that I'm already doing Mm -hmm. and so I think you know the person I am today and what I'm eating today is different than I was doing a year ago um, mm-hmm. And I presume it's going to be the same a year from now. It's going to be you know different from what I'm doing right now. And so I think that like as I evolve as a person, the content will evolve. And yeah. like my, my interests will evolve. Like maybe I'll do a triathlon or I'll do um, like a hundred mile race or some other event like that where like then the content can be around that. For, like yeah. recently it's just been around like road running and like half marathons. But there's so many other fitness things that I want to eventually do that I think yeah. that's where the content would follow. Um, yeah. And, and that, again, that's the longevity of just staying genuine. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That definitely answered my question because how I kind of perceive what you're saying is, you know, like the format of, uh, you know, or like the kind of structure of the content stays the same. But by virtue of you being a, you know, ever changing and ever growing human being the you know actual content itself is going to change but the format will still have some kind of level of consistency or at least it could potentially have that same uh you know format just apply to whatever you're doing at that current moment so it's an it's inevitable to change just by virtue of you know your life changing right and your goals changing yeah and i I think you have to have some sort of formula or i don't want to call it like plug and play but like if you look at my my instagram reels like they're all basically the same it's like the same font yeah i use emojis or like it's like, you know, voiceover with B-roll. Captions, They're all yeah. basically the same format. It's just the content of that video is different, and that's what makes mm. each one unique. Yeah, that makes sense. So drawing back a little bit to that, uh, you know, pivoting from working for a company to working for yourself, you know, what did Bree think about this? And, uh, you know, how, how nervous were you to make that change? Because I remember when I, I first told Maddie I wanted to drop out of college and, you know, purely do the freelance work I was doing. Uh, you know, she cried. She was nervous about <laughs> it. She didn't know what to think. She was like, how is this going to, like, you know, work? What are people going to think, you know? So w- what was that like? I mean, before starting at BPN, I was self-employed too. So, like, mm-hmm. I think we were kind of used to that. Like, I knew okay. yeah. what that lifestyle was like. Um, and so that definitely helped. And that honestly just gave me a lot of confidence when I did end up leaving. was like, yeah. <clears throat> I've been self-employed before. I you ran my own again. business. And now, if anything, I can do it better because I have all this knowledge that I've, I've accrued from the mm-hmm. last nine months at BPN. Um, and so she was, all, she was all for it. Like, because I, I knew that, like, you know, in the long run, working for yourself, you probably end up working more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you're, to me, it never feels like work because you're working on yourself. You're doing things that you enjoy. Like, you get to mm-hmm. choose what you're working on. Um, and you're getting and the direct work. reward. You know, you work more hours. It's, it's for yourself. You're reaping yep. those rewards. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, <clears throat> in the long run, like, again, you're, you're, it's more fulfilling overall, I would say. Yeah. And it, typically, you end up making more money, which is obviously a bonus. It's not, like, I don't want to be self-employed to make more money. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I feel like a lot of people get into, you know, trying to work for themselves because they think they're going to have more time and, like, more flexibility, which you, you have more flexibility and, like, eventually yeah. down the road, you probably have more time. But to get something <laughs> going and actually build something, like, you really have less time than you do. Yeah, that's the truth. Time. Yeah, there's more flexibility but uh yeah if you actually want want things to actually work out yeah there's there's a little time for sure yeah yeah, and i feel like um, when i was self-employed before i was just doing like freelance photo and video work 
and I didn't truly have like an idea of where I wanted to go with it. Like I was like, am I just going to do like, you know, freelance photo and video forever. But now I feel like I have like a pretty clear direction with like my brand and like the business and stuff of, mm-hmm. um, you know, where I want it to be in the next five, 10 years. And so that's helped a lot on a day-to-day basis of like, cause there, there's definitely days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to show up today, but you have to every day. And so mm-hmm. having that, that kind of bigger goal definitely helps with the kind of the overall mission of it. Yeah. So what specifically, at least at this moment, you know, how are you divided right now between, okay, you know, and you maybe give rough like percentages as far as, you know, blank percent, I'm still doing some freelance stuff, blank percent, I'm doing, you know, purely Instagram content. Like how, what, what kind of, I guess, pots do you have uh, your hands in? Uh, yeah, so that's, I've tried to be very conscious about that, of like having different revenue streams, um, and not relying just on one thing, but I would say probably 50% of my time is the run coaching. So I'm working with like about 40 athletes right now. Mm -hmm. Um, most of them running like half marathons, marathons, people that have never ran a race in their lives. And the people that have, you know, done sub three marathons and and faster. So working with like a very wide breadth of people for running, Mm -hmm. um, that's about 50% of it. Then I would say, you know, another maybe 25% would be like my content, you know, just continue to build up my personal brand, spending time shooting, editing, like strategizing content. Mm-hmm. And then the other 25% would be like <clears throat> the, the like branding and like product side of my personal brand. So like I'm uh, going to be doing like hats, um, shirts, just like, pre- or I just ordered a bunch of like water bottles, like all like mm-hmm. custom branded stuff with like my logo and all that on there trying to you know again build out another revenue stream um mm-hmm. and you know a lot of that too is just like marketing for like yeah. the brand you know have people wearing apparel and stuff like that um and then i guess i didn't factor in the percentages properly but another chunk <laughs> of it is working on <laughs> building out a uh, an online training program yeah um which will then obviously fall under like my personal brand and stuff so trying to do several different things um, yeah. but all kind of comes back to like one creating content and then two um running Coaching and coaching yeah yeah okay yeah that makes sense um you know with that and with the changes you've made you know what do you feel like your current brand is and how people perceive you your reputation per se uh and and where do you want that to be if it isn't quite exactly how you see yourself right now so for example i'll pick on myself like you know for a while i was viewed as you know this like lifter and this bodybuilder and then then i pivoted towards running and then you know even though i'm not good at it people like perceive me as a runner and then now i'm trying to you know in a way broaden out my different uh characteristics and traits to broader topics broader interests and things like that so i'm in the process of struggling to figure out what what the hell i want people to view me as but where do you view your current brand at this moment where do you want it to be uh in the future first off i would say you are a runner i mean you've ran a 50 mile race and, and some other ultras. So I would call you a runner. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I think, um, I feel like I get compared a lot to people like Nick bear, or I feel like me and you are also kind of in that same space of like people who lift four or five times a week. Um, yeah. and also run, I would say I'm more of a runner than a lifter. Um, yeah. that hybrid always... athlete kind of industry and space has definitely been spurred, um, yeah. from like Nick bear. And so, kind of everything kind of gets lumped into yeah, this big kind of category. Yeah, I guess you could call it that the hybrid athlete. I hate that term just because I feel yeah. like it's not unique anymore. Um, yeah. And so that that's why like my my slogan that I've come up with for myself and it's something that I've always kind of lived by. I just never I never put yeah. it into words and it's stronger, faster, farther. And 
to kind of explain what it is, it's, it's pretty simple, but like it can be applied to both fitness and just life in general. So stronger meaning like in the gym, lifting more weight, getting stronger mm-hmm. in life. You can always be stronger, you know, emotionally, mentally, and then faster as in, um, you know, running faster. Um, mm. like, you know, if you're trying to PR a race or whatever, and then in life taking, you know, faster action on things, don't suffer yeah. from paralysis by analysis, you know, move quickly and yeah. then farther as in, you know, you can always run a longer distance. You can always, you know, run a marathon, an ultra marathon, a hundred mile Enduring race, overall, enduring pain or, you know, yep. physical and emotional. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's kind of where that comes from. And again, it's something that I've always, you know, done subconsciously, but, you know, putting mm-hmm. it into words and then obviously into like a brand. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't even remember what the question was, but. Well, you know, you kind of walked into what I wanted to talk to you later, so I won't, I won't hold you on that. So I was going to say, what is uh, SFF or Stronger, Faster, Farther? Like, where, where you, what is this entity? Um, where is it headed? Because I know we're going to plan to drop this podcast around the time that, you know, you fully release it. So, like, what, what is this going to encompass and what, what is the product or service going to be? So, first and foremost, it'll be a training program, an online training program. It'll be several training programs. It'll be. Yeah. Um, through an app um, that I'm building out right now. So it'll be, you know, custom workouts for, you know, at-home workouts, kettlebell workouts, functional workouts, um, mostly pertaining to runners just because I, I love running. That's my main sport. And then most of my followers are also runners. So yeah. developing strength programs and mobility, recovery, all these different programs um, specifically for runners. And I, I feel like there's just a huge hole in the running industry where, like, most runners don't lift, but I feel like there's kind of a movement starting where people are realizing yeah, like how important it actually is yeah. to lift, like injury prevention and, and to actually get faster and stronger. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be doing that. And then, like I mentioned earlier, of like doing some apparel, some like branded products and stuff like that to kind of go along with it. Um, honestly, I have no clue where it's going to end up. I just know that um, this feels right, at least for now. So I'm, uh, I've got like, you know, logos made and everything. So just working on launching all of that it's been a, it's been a fun process honestly it's like you know, with anything else in life of like i have no clue what the end goal is going to be but yeah. the process of getting there is what i what i truly enjoy yeah yeah i think that's you know completely okay to not know exactly how this thing is going to like manifest um in the short term or the long term just that you have the passion behind it i think is the the main uh priority to have because you know i, I really just talk about this and almost I feel like everything recently, a lot of conversations I've had recently is the idea of just creating more, consuming less. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you're just letting again, like your passion, your excitement for your sport, your excitement for the things that you're doing, allow you to just kind of flourish and create, you know. And um, I, I, I just feel like that's what more people should be doing, whether it's, you know, starting a sub stack, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's starting an Instagram or website, a product or service, whatever, an app. Uh, but just trying to start something to create something, I think it always it always leads to something greater at a you know at a bare minimum lessons learned. I think a lot of people get frozen because they don't know where something's headed, or they you know feel like they don't have the expertise to do something, or you know they they just don't they don't have that confidence in a sense. But I think you know the more you you can create, uh, the more it'll result and um, you know furthering your own development and, and future in general. Yeah, I like to think of it as um, there's that analogy of like during the, the gold rush back in like the 1800s yeah. where like you could be 
you know, one of these like big gold mining companies going in and taking out all the gold, or you could be the company making the shovels, selling mm-hmm. millions of shovels to these gold mining companies. Like, I, that's kind of it's a weird analogy, but that's how I've kind of thought about. Well, you like, know, it's really weird. It's a uh, you know it, it, the podcast already be at at this point, but uh, the podcast I just filmed earlier today, the guy made a, a reference to like, oh, it's like selling shovels in a gold rush. So it's <laughs> weird that you also reference that same thing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I think about it a lot, and that I think it just comes down to um, you know with like the the way that the market is right now, as far as like everything is just digital, and so being yeah. you know, a digital creator and and providing that content like people are consuming so much content yes. right now. Like, yeah. Instead of me being the person sitting on Instagram scrolling for hours and consuming all the content, I'd rather be on the other side exactly. rather than creating it. Um, That's a better like, way of, of describing my long ramp was, yeah, like y- you're either a consumer or you're a creator. Um, and you're not mutually exclusive. You know, we both consume things as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that consume their entire life and never create anything. And, there's no, you know, it kind of ties back to earlier what you said about, you know, you're either committing, you know, your nine-hour – a day or 40 hour work week to somebody else and their their dream or you're committing it to yourself and i think not that everyone has to be an entrepreneur uh, but everyone can certainly devote uh, personal time attention um, and creation to their own their own passions and pursuits yeah i mean i couldn't agree more and like you said i don't i don't know if one is more right or wrong than the other one um yeah. it's, it's whatever personally fulfills you i think is the most important thing and, and for me like creating stuff is what fulfills me like if i'm sitting on the couch watching tv i i literally like i can't stand that like i absolutely mm-hmm. hate it because i'm all i can do is think about the other all the other stuff i'd rather be doing and creating rather than like consuming this tv or this mm-hmm. instagram video or whatever so um i feel like some of it is just kind of like an inherent thing that people have um mm-hmm. and then obviously like you can always have a mindset shift as well but um i don't know it's just it's just what personally fulfills me so you just came off, I think it was last week, uh, running the sub-120 half marathon. What kind of inspired you to to pursue that goal, and how was that kind of tied to I know you, you launched a free half marathon program with it. So kind of w- w- take a, take that away. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, honestly, it wasn't really like a lot of significance to the goal other than it seemed like it was going to be challenging for myself. Mm-hmm. Like my previous half marathon PR was a, a 127.52, and I was like, okay, I could go for like a 125, but I mean, I did the 127 like off not much training. So like, what if mm-hmm. I really push myself? Like, I'll just try 120. So I like did the math. It was like 602 pace or something like that. So I was like, okay, that's definitely not something I could go out and do today. And this mm-hmm. was in like September, and um, I was like, okay, I couldn't go do that today. But I'm I mean, something I'm, I'm something I'm gonna have to work for, yeah, um, for the next few months. And definitely you know, a scary goal for sure because it's like. You know, once you put something out on the internet and you start posting about it, it's like if you don't go out and do it, like you just look like a dummy. And so it was like a lot of pressure that I feel like I put on myself mm-hmm. to um, to try and get that done. And so, uh, yeah, I uh, paired it with that free half marathon training program because um, I, I want to just like provide a resource to people because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much information out there for running that it's like people don't really know how to train or like what nutrition to do or any, any of this stuff. And so mm-hmm. I kind of packaged that all into this just free program to give to people that is the same program that I followed for the race. Um, and I built it out so that it's like, it's not just one size or I guess it, it really is one size fits all because it's like, it has a pacing chart and all this stuff in there. Yeah. So it could work for anybody, um, which was really great. And it wasn't just it could like, work for varying levels. There you go. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like cookie cutter. 
because right. you know yeah because everyone's basically different so you also started lifting around this time too. well you've been lifting to be fair but like you've been lifting a little bit more i feel like intentionally and you built yep. out this garage gym with your your new spot you're at and things like that so how did that uh, uh play a factor in preparation for this race and you know what are your long-term plans i guess with with your lifting program yeah that's a perfect way to put it is that it was more intentional um because mm-hmm. I, I always i've been lifting since high school but it was always just like like the classic bodybuilding type movements, like using machines and cables and like curls for the girls. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, obviously not a bodybuilder. So I was like, I was always been like, I've always been, you know, kind of like foundationally strong, but not like functionally strong. Yeah. And so that's where I figured out like with running, um, you can, you can become functionally strong and it makes you a stronger runner. You can run faster, farther, whatever. Um, and it totally changed like my, my running ability, I guess of like, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I could go run 10, 15 miles a couple times a week and like, I'm not sore. Like I feel good. I feel strong throughout the run. And I think that's a huge fact or a huge testament to the, to the lifting. Um, so I actually worked with the strength and nutrition coach for this prep too. Um, Will, and Mm -hmm. he, he helped me a lot. Like he programmed all my strength stuff and like gave me workouts specifically for running. So there's a lot of functional, like Mm -hmm. box step ups, lunges. I remember there's a lot of things that I do as well. I remember uh, messaging you about that. Yeah, it's uh he he helped me out a lot. Um so I got to give him credit as well. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, now again, again, you know, taking a lot of that that same philosophy and packaging packaging sorry, packaging that up into yeah. um that like online training program where it's like the running with the lifting um, mm-hmm. cuz it's like like we talked about earlier like most runners don't lift and yeah. there's a there's a huge gap right there that I think could be filled. Yeah, yeah, and you've definitely again had time to build up your experience with what works and and you know put it into practice so that you know by the time you do come out with your program, um, there's uh, not just anecdote but actual like evidence behind you know what you put in there and put in that program. Uh, but like you said, I think there there is still this like it's not a stigma per se, but just like an ignorance towards the value of strength training. I think for a lot of runners, uh, especially in the trail running space. I think there's big value because when you're putting that much mileage on your body and that much volume, you know, you need that bone health and that bone density. And a lot of that you're going to get from strength training, um, especially in like earlier years. So especially if you're you know younger than 20 or younger than 30, like those are the foundational years for you to really manipulate uh, your bone density and build up that strength. So by the time you are taking that pounding on your body and your joints, um, you know, they have that ability to withstand it. Yeah, because it, it is crazy to me. Like, I don't know if you, uh, do you know of Andrew Glaze, the guy I had on a podcast a, w- a while ago that has a crazy yeah, yeah. running streak? Yeah, he um he was telling me he doesn't do any strength training, and he just said, you know, a lot of trail runners say this, oh, trail running is my strength training. Because, like, I get it. Yep. There's, like, hills, there's downhill. Like, your quads will get beat up. But uh, it, it, there's something to it, but there's also, like, something missing, um, you know. But, but it is something I think every every runner can can utilize to help avoid injuries because especially when it comes to overuse injuries, you know, you're inevitably inevitably going to develop um, these asymmetries that are only going to get worse if you uh, ignore them and continue to run on them. Yeah, my take on that would be like I I don't see strength training hindering my running at all. Um, mm-hmm. Like whereas it's like, are you going to take a chance on running with no lifting? And like mm-hmm. hope that you don't get hurt or try running with lifting because you know like it's I don't know if that makes sense but like you know that running or lifting is not going to hurt your running at all so yeah. why not why not incorporate it um, yeah as long as you're not going crazy with the volume or you know reckless with the exercises it only helps you and also 
especially from my experience as a personal trainer, I can almost uh, be my own physical therapist, you know, because I know, okay, if, if, if I'm having like, I figured out my T-band issue was from glute, uh, you know, medial weakness. So, okay, I can figure out I need to do these mini band exercises. I need to strengthen this way. And you, you know, you have a little bit of the background as far as, you know, you understand your biomechanics better um, yeah. from strength training and, and you know, in your, in your uh, muscular system, you know? Yeah, and you definitely don't have to go into the gym and, like, you know, throw barbells around and stuff yeah. and, and, like, lift crazy weight. Just, like, literally doing body weight movements, like yeah. body weight squats and lunges and, and box step-ups. Like, all those functional-type movements um, that you don't really get from running. Because running is mostly a, a flexion movement, and you don't mm -hmm. really get that extension where you get, like, yeah. a squat or a deadlift. And so there are a lot of, like, like you said, asymmetries of, like, you might have really, really strong hip flexors, but your glutes mm -hmm. are just non-existent. And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, you get IT band problems and runner's knee and all these different common running injuries. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, I was going to ask you and put you on the spot, but I'm trying to think on my own end, like, what are some big exercises that I'd recommend all runners do? So I'll just, I'll just think of a few and maybe you can chip in. As uh, I think, like you said, those step-ups um, are a big one. So just having some kind of elevated uh, either box or you could stand on a few plates and you know it could be step ups it could be reverse lunges i really enjoy curtsy lunges too which is basically reverse lunge with you know just that um, leg you're stepping back kind of more in line so that you get a little bit um, more uh, stability involved a little bit more uh, medial glute involved i think is a great way and i like extending with the uh like i step back on extending with it high kind of like like i'm uh, reenacting a stride um, mm -hmm. deadlifts are a great one, like you said, because as you mentioned, you know, when you're running, you're constantly in this, uh, predicament of basically hip flexion. So anytime you can work on your glutes, your extension, strengthen your back, especially when you're constantly running with like a pack, you know, if you're doing a trail running, you need that kind of, uh, you know, lower back strength and things of that nature. Uh, and yeah, I mean, sidewalks, uh, with a mini band, anything mini band, I feel like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of those too. Um, and yeah, I think, like, I've been doing a lot more kettlebell stuff, too. Yeah. And, and the thing that I've noticed with kettlebells, I've never done any kettlebell stuff. Um, and when I built out, built out the home gym, that's all I got, basically. Yeah. And so what I've found with those is, like, rather than doing just, like, barbell movements or dumbbell movements or, like, machine cable mm -hmm. stuff, is, like, the kettlebell requires so much more stability and, yeah. like, those, those smaller muscle activation mm -hmm. um, because it's such an odd shape and, like, you're moving, you know, cross-sectionally a lot of the yeah. times. It's, it's so, you kind of flow a lot more, so it forces yeah. you to be a lot more functional because your core is working with everything you're doing. Yep. Your like shoulder girdle has to be strong. You got to be more deliberate about you know, especially if you're doing like a some kind of clean or snatch. Like you, you really have to think about the technique because if you throw that kettlebell around in the base of it where all the weights at goes one way, you know you can tear something. So it, it definitely involves a lot more uh, intentional thought behind it. Yeah, very, very much so. And it's, uh, it's definitely like multi-dimensional of like, like I said, like you're, you're using your legs and you're going up overhead. Like there's just yeah, so many different body. mechanics that you're using, um, that it just, it's every, like every kettlebell movement's a full body movement basically. Yeah. Um, which, and that's going to apply to, you know, making you a stronger, not only a stronger rudder, but like just a stronger person in general, like mm -hmm. you're playing with your kids or, you know, going to the park. I don't know, whatever. More whatever life you do, application. Yeah, it's uh, that's what you know. Functional means obviously is it's just like yeah. it's a broader term rather than just going in and like doing bicep curls or something. Hey, we all need a little bit of curls in our life, okay. right? Curls for the girls. You got, I'll, right. I'll do some curls once in a while. Yeah, curls for Bree and, and for my wife Maddie, right? <laughs> um, so 
wrapped up the race. You got this new, uh, stronger, faster, farther uh, brand and, and program coming out. Uh, besides that, like what's what's next for you? Do you have upcoming races, challenges, uh, things you're trying to work on? Uh, yeah, I've got quite a few races lined up for 2023. So Boston will be the first one. Um, that'll mm-hmm. be in April. Um, and then a few weeks after that will be the – it's the Orange County Marathon out in California. And then I'll be doing the, the Bighorn 52-mile mm-hmm. race again in Wyoming. That one about killed me last year, so I got to go mm-hmm. redeem myself on that one, I feel like. And then, uh, then I'll be doing Chicago in October. Busy man. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I, I might squeeze in one more half marathon or marathon. I'm trying to get Bree to run a half marathon, so yeah. wherever that I was that thinking about be. asking uh, Maddie to run like a 5K with me or something like that. Well, I do like the – the 50k version but she'd do like the 5k yeah. or something i'm thinking about but it's still a strong ass but uh <laughs> you know you mentioned the bighorn i know we were talking about it and you know i, I really i want to do that with you but I, I i'm thinking my schedule might not line up right but uh somebody i was trying to talk me into doing uh you know sign up for like the literal lottery i was like whoa slow your roll man i was like <laughs> I need to do some more 50 milers and 50 Ks before I have that like confidence to, you yeah. know, sign up for like one of the harder, I feel like hundred milers. Yeah, dude, the, I, I definitely want to do a hundred miler eventually. At some point. Um, yeah. But yeah. dude, after doing the 50 last summer, I, uh, I literally about died. I feel like yeah, it me was, too. I mean, yeah. I pretty much walked the last like 30 K of it. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, I don't know, very humbling. But now, mm-hmm. like, you know, just like anything else, like once you do it that first time, you gain the experience, you learn a lot, and you really just know what that what that feeling is like when you're yeah. mile 30, 40 in the mountains. Like, it's a, I don't know, it's a very unique feeling, and I think the only way to get that is to go and do it. So, you know, I want to do that again and hopefully finish a lot stronger this year. And then probably 2024, take on a 100-miler. I'm not sure which one yet. I kind of want to do the, the Bighorn 100 just because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's right where I grew up in Wyoming, so... Dude, um, you get a lot of favoritism towards the Bighorn. I know, dude, dude. It's a beautiful course, and it's <laughs> yeah. a hard course too. Yeah. So, um, it's got like, it's got everything. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you again taking the time to come on. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, just on Instagram is probably the best way. Um, just mm-hmm. Jeremy Miller. Uh, my handle is Jeremy, Jeremy dot Miller, right? Miller dot R. Oh, so. okay. It's uh, you, you can just search Jeremy. It'll Miller, be it'll be in the show notes probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and where is the stronger, faster, farther going to be at? Uh, it'll be on my website. Um, it's jeremymiller.io. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't get .com unfortunately, but That's it'll be on right. my website. Um, Instagram again is probably the the best overall resource too. Awesome. Well, appreciate it again, and uh, everybody go check out Jeremy and his programs. If you like the podcast, be sure to follow it, share it with a friend, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Appreciate it, dude.